All the audio that you'll hear on today's episode is from Echo Samba. Welcome to the Brazilian Beat, episode 102 with Echo Samba. Join us as we get to know the Brazilian percussion music making community one interview at a time. This is Courtney. And this is Diana. Hello. Hi. How's it going? Good. It's been a while. Yeah. We're back. We're back at it. We're sorry for the delay, but you know. But here we are with a great new episode. Yes. Today on the podcast, we have the the founder and the current acting director of Echo Samba in Lagos, Nigeria. It was so cool to talk to these guys. Mm-hmm. What And what a fantastic conversation. Yeah, they're great. I've been watching them for quite a while, and I'm glad you made that contact because I've always wanted to talk to them. So yeah. thank you, Courtney. Yeah, of course. Of course. I love this stuff. <laughs> so... We're going to read their bios. Uh, Shei Ajebe, founder of Echo Samba Community, is a British-born Nigerian musician with over 15 years of experience in public community carnival arts and musical presentations. After discovering Samba in London in 2004, Shei spent the next six years learning, playing, teaching, directing, and performing with groups such as London School of Samba, Pariso Samba School, Umbella Arts, Beats Culture, Vegivai, Shapa Kench, Logoshis, and more. Having gained a wide experience in Brazilian carnival arts and rhythms such as Samba and Heidu, Samba Afro, Maracatu, and Ashe, Shei moved to Lagos, Nigeria to found the first Samba school in West Africa and has since been acting as a link between Africa and the international Samba community. Emmanuel Ofei is the musical director of the Echo Samba community. He has been with the project since its inception in 2011 and has since risen through the ranks. Although his experience with Samba has been mainly in Nigeria, he has 10 years experience of playing, performing, directing, and teaching. He has been exposed to teachers, directors from New York, London, and Brazil who have been to visit and share their knowledge with Echo Samba. Proficient with Samba Batucada from Rio, he is also familiar with Samba Afro, Ashe and Maracatu. He maintains a cross-cultural connection with international sambistas and can be referred to as one of the pioneers of samba in Nigeria, if not West Africa and and Africa as a whole. So that this was a one of I think I mean I say this almost about every interview we do, but this is one of my favorite episodes we've done. Yeah, they were really great to talk to and yeah. just the whole you know, samba going back 
to, you know, these rhythms going back to Nigeria is, mm-hmm. is such a cool thing. Interesting story. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so uh, hang tight for that. But before that, we would like to ask you if your wallet is weighing you down, please consider donating to Hichimo Solidario. So China Dustacio is created has created a nonprofit during the pandemic to help feed some beasts who lost work and opportunities and money during during the pandemic. There are ways to donate through PayPal. So please consider giving money back to the communities who have given us so much uh, through Samba. And you can find info you can find his PayPal info on our website, thebrazilianbeat.com. If you still feel you have some change in your pocket, how about um, supporting the Brazilian Beat? We do this podcast and have these conversations with a global community, and it is a labor of love. But it does take time, equipment, money, and a lot of coffee. Uh, So keep us in your thoughts (laughs) when, uh, if you have some extra change. We appreciate all of you who have donated um, and just appreciate your support so much um so if you have the means we invite you to join the community of support for this podcast and once again thank you you can find that at kofi ko hyphen fi slash the brazilian beat and we also have links links on our website mm-hmm. so just don't trust me <laughs> saying <laughs> <laughs> Another way you can support this podcast that's free is to rate us on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend. And thank you. This podcast is supported by GoSamba.net. If you are looking for drums and gear straight from Brazil, check them out, GoSamba.net. Also, big shout out to Rhythm Traders, Brad and JT over there, Mr. All Caps! Exclamation point. Um, I've got some drums in their store. They've given me some shelf space. So um, if you want to try things out, you live on the West Coast, you're passing through Portland, or you live here in town, yeah, go to Rhythm Traders. Plus, they've got so much other awesome stuff there. So, yes, Rhythm Traders or RhythmTraders.com. Check them out online. All right. We hope you guys uh, love this conversation as much as we loved having it. Good morning, Diana. How are you? Hey, Courtney. Very good. How are you? I'm excited for this. I am so excited (laughs) for this today. We have what four, three countries represented today. Here we have Shay Ajebe. Is that correct? Shay Ajebe. Ajebe. And Emmanuel Ofei. Thank you guys so much for being here. All right. Thanks, too. They're the directors of. Eco Samba community in uh, Lagos, Nigeria. Yes, and say you're in London, correct? Yes. Yeah, and Emmanuel is in Lagos. So thank you so much for for being here. You have to know that like this, I've been wanting to talk to you guys for such a long time, ever since I saw your videos. And I'm so grateful for Courtney making this connection. So very happy to have you here today. 
well, we're very uh, we're very happy to to be here as well. You know, uh, especially considering the fact that uh, it's a long way away now. <laughs> yes, compared to every every uh, everywhere else, you know, we feel kind of isolated where we are. If you know what I mean, mm. so it's always good to to have all these events where we can connect with the rest of the uh, international community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, fantastic. Well, can you tell us, I guess both of you, let's start with you, say, did you grow up in Nigeria? You're, you're a Nigerian who lives in England, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, uh, basically, I was born in England, uh, and I grew up in Nigeria. You know, I, I, well, my parents took me back to Nigeria before I was a year old. Mm. So I grew up in Nigeria, and I, uh, I moved back to London where I discovered the samba. Yeah, I moved back to London when I was like 19, 20 years old. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And Emmanuel, you were born there in Lagos? Is that where you're from? Yeah. Yes, I'm born in Lagos. Grew up in Lagos. Everything in Lagos. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And yeah. And say you just you found you saw samba then? Can you tell us about the first time you saw like Brazilian percussion or how that happened? Well, uh, the first uh, family that I lived with when I first came to uh, to London, I had this, uh, I, I, you know, he's like a mentor now and I look back, you know, but then it was just this guy that was influencing me a lot. And he used to listen to a lot of uh, Afro-Cuban and Afro, Afro-Brazilian music. And that was my first introduction into uh, Afro-Brazilian percussion or, or samba, as you, mm. you know. And then, you know, it just got me really interested because I could, I could uh, see a lot of similarities because I'm, I'm Yoruba and I speak the language, mm. I understand the language, you know. You so, do? Yes, I do. Wow. And, and so, so is Emmanuel as well. I mean, he doesn't yeah. really speak, but he understands very well. Wow. <laughs> um, so when I, when I heard all this music and they were singing about the Orishas and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I, I was really, you know, because we have no idea about this stuff in yeah, uh, back home, you know, in Lagos, you know. So when I heard it, I was like, "Man, what is this?" You know, it's like this is this is unbelievable. How, how, how can there be such a recognizable connection between us after all these years? Right. You know I mean? Interesting. And that just that just captivated me, you know. And I, you know, in the beginning it was more the Cuban stuff, but later mm-hmm. it kind of morphed into uh into uh, the Brazilian side of things. Uh huh. And then Emmanuel, what was the fir- your first encounter with with Brazilian music? All right, um, so my first encounter with Brazilian music, um, I I got to know Samba through Shay. That was um twenty eleven, yeah, twenty eleven. I was thirteen years old then. So mm-hmm. I actually friends, watch them while they're playing and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, if you if you want me to elaborate on Emmanuel's story, I can. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I have my own perspective of that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so basically, after playing samba in London for about uh, six years, I you know I decided I was gonna. I mean, continuing from my side of the uh, of of the uh, story, 
when I saw Samba, it wasn't long after I got involved that I just thought, man, I have to take this back home. You know, it, there has to be a connection. This has to be done, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was, it was just uh, very, very obvious and clear for me that I was going to do that. So after six years, you know, when I thought, you know, I've, I've you know, I've played with different groups, I've directed, I've traveled, I've done, I've done so much. I felt like I could do enough. I, mm-hmm. I could do it now. I, I decided to take it back to Lagos. And but what I wanted to do then was to basically teach my friends, you know, it's like people who were like my age mate, get them together, teach them how to play. And then there was a Lagos carnival, then try to get into that carnival and try to get into like the corporate market. I felt uh-huh. like okay, there's, a, there's a thing to be, there's a market to be explored here, as well as taking the samba back to, to Africa, you know. And while we were doing that, you know, I was doing that in my mom's, at the back of my mom's house in a compound. And, you know, I had all the drums there and I would get my friends to come out. I would, I would try to lure them, you know, with alcohol and stuff. So, you know, it's like, just come and play, you know, this is yeah. going to be really good, you know. And while I'm there, like, trying to teach them, you know, the, you know, you know, summer is very loud. So the kids on the street, you know, would always just come and and you know they would get on the fence mm-hmm. you know and they would just because they, they just couldn't come in and Emmanuel was like one of the first kids who had the audacity to jump down from the fence <laughs> and actually picked a drum while I was trying to teach my friends and he you know he started to 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 hit the drum and I said to him man what are you doing who are you like just jumping into my compound and and he, and he just said to me, listen, what, I can play what you're trying to show these guys. Right? And they're not getting it. Mm. I, can, I, can, <laughs> I can do it. I can do it. I, he, was just, he was just this little 13-year-old kid. And I, like, oh, and, I, and I just said to him, listen, okay, I wanted to basically embarrass him. You know? I didn't want to attack him. You know? mm. I just, I, you know, so I was like, okay, show me then if you can play. I wasn't expecting it, him to get it. You know? And he showed me. He actually showed me and he could play. Uh... And so basically, I, I had no, I had no uh, choice. So I just said to him, okay, so you, you can stay, you can play. Uh, and what Emmanuel actually did after that was go back home, taught some of his other friends, and then they would come back. And then it, it like, he can play too. <laughs> he, can play too. And he was your he recruiter. He, he was, he was, he, you know, it's like, and before you knew it, they took over, you know, my friends couldn't, couldn't do it. The kids were a lot better than them. And, you know, a lot, you know, a lot more eager and had more time. Mm. And so, so just turned into that thing. Man. Yeah. That's great. Emmanuel, did you have, how were you so good right off the bat? Did you, had you been playing percussion? Um, before this, so you and your friends. Come again, come again, can't get there. When so you showed up and you knew already how to play, and you were you were sounds like you were pretty good. Did you play already? Did you already play drums before before meeting? Say no, no, that was my first uh, music experience. I didn't <laughs> have any idea about music. Samba was my first music experience. Yeah. Wow. Then after then I move on to playing kit drums and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. I wanted to go back a little. Um, Shay, did you just bring all your drums from England to to Nigeria, or how did you go about getting everything over here mm. or finding drums? I, I basically shipped them. You know, mm. what I was going to do was uh, 
I, I was really ambitious, you know, I was going to travel to uh, Brazil to get the drums and then go from Brazil to, because I've never been to Brazil, mm. then go from Brazil to, uh, uh, to Lagos. But then, you know, looking at the map, if you kind of look at the map and exactly, you know, in, in terms of, you know, how close it were, <laughs> I felt like I could, I could just get a cruise, you know, it's like, it should be doable because it's just on the other side of the Atlantic, Lagos is just next right. to you know <laughs> it's just on the other side you know so I, I i i felt like i could just travel to brazil get some instruments and then maybe get on a cruise and then bring everything back to but of course it didn't happen i was really lucky that there was a summer school here that had packed up and mm, the oh. dancer that, that inherited all the instruments wanted to wow sell them. oh perfect great and basically this is how i ended up with these drums and uh I basically uh, cargoed them to Nigeria, and I just mm. went. To, yeah, yeah, nice. So, yeah, that's perfect. So when you, we kind of skipped a step there. When you, um, I guess, first heard Brazilian percussion and things, how did you? You you played with London School of Samba and some other Vergivai yeah, so, and some other groups. Yeah, how'd that work? Yeah. So my first a- encounter was uh i think uh i went to enroll because it was you know coming from an african family i know that having stayed in london for like two years i i did the a levels um in college and my parents would you know everyone was expecting that i would go to uni and i didn't Mm -hmm. want to go because i knew i wanted to play music and so after two years of education here like uh, I just felt like this is it. If I don't start now, I'm mm. never going to start. Uh, so I had this uh, Cuban place I used to go to, and the percussionist there was like, uh, it was, it does like uh, a six weeks uh, summer course at the university. Uh, I didn't want to enroll because I, I really kind of had this thing within me that I wanted to. Uh, to learn music hands-on. I wanted to kind of join a band and maybe be their band boy and carry things around until I could learn my way. Uh, I didn't want to go to, I didn't want to study academically, you know, mm-hmm. music. You know, I felt like it took something out of it, you know. Mm-hmm. And But, you know, in the end, I felt like, man, if I don't do that now, I'm probably going to have to go to uni because my parents are going to leave me alone. They're not going to let me be. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so basically what I did was I, I enrolled into this course and it was meant to be like an Afro-Latin uh, summer six-week course, you know, and half of it was like Afro-Cuban, like, you know, uh, compasas, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And the other half was Brazilian. And the Brazilian beat was so basic. I really got into the Cuban stuff. It was really good. I enjoyed myself. The Brazilian beat was so basic. And uh, basically, I didn't, I didn't like it initially. But after the old thing, I, I said to my teacher, really, uh, you know, I, there's more. Or, you know, I, I'd like to do some more. And he said to me, go to London School of Samba. He happened to mm. be like one of, one of the co-founders of London School of Samba. Oh. Uh, yeah, uh, his name is Carlos Fuentes. And basically, I I was really reluctant. You know, I didn't want to go. But when I got there, as soon as I got to London School of Summer the first time, you know, Carlos said to me, when you get there, you say my name. Uh, and they, as soon as I said his name, the director then was Max. 
And Max was just like, oh, Carlos, just come here, come in. <laughs> you know, they let me play for free. They let me in for free. I, you know, they didn't charge me for, and that was it. And I, you know, I, I started to look around when I, they, they used to play in this uh, hall. I think they still play there now. And uh, it was really loud, you know, the sound was bouncing, you know, back from the ceiling and everything. Mm-hmm. And everything was so loud. Everywhere was vibrating. And I was looking around kind of, you know, looking for the PA system, you know, I wanted to see how the sound has been amplified. <laughs> and when I realized that it was all just coming from the drums, and I just thought, okay, this is it. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. It kind of grabs, it grabs people, right? It- yeah, man. It's like you feel the force of it, man. It's like right. proper proper energy you know mm-hmm. it's 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 everything it touches you it, for me it just kind of went into every every single part of my body it was healing you know <laughs> yeah 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 it was it was i have to say yeah yeah so that was it yeah that was my first encounter and from then i never looked back i was watching on your website the video with uh joe hansen yeah mm-hmm. when did you meet him Ah, my samba daddy. I met Joe once in 2005, I think it was, at the um, Welsh Samba and Control. I mm. think they were at Samba and Control in uh, Cardiff. Mm. So I gone down with Fred. Uh, and the rest of them, we, we, we were in this other group called Be Local where we were doing things with uh, with samba instruments, but we weren't just doing samba, you know, we were doing mm-hmm. drum and bass and mm-hmm. samba reggae and some African stuff. We were just mixing everything. It was really, it was really uh, very nice, you know, it was very different. And bas- you know, we went there to this uh, Encontro thing with that band and uh, Joe Hansen was I think he'd, he'd had a, a long break by then. You know, I think he's, he's, he's been on like a, a year or two years break from Samba. And he just basically just came and formed this band. I'm not even going to say band. He just kind of got people together, all the Sambistas together. And he just, you know, did his thing. And he was like a proper, you know, it was like the first proper Samba director that I saw that could just mm. get people that he hadn't played with together and just get a group together and do stuff, you know, it was so good. And from the first day, from we just met each other, he just started to hang out with, with us and be local because he came alone, you know, and uh, we just clicked. It was me and him just kind of uh, drifted away from the rest of the crowd. And we, went, <laughs> we just we just basically uh, drifted towards each other and it was like magnetism yeah. from, from day one till today, you know, we're still kind of doing stuff together. Yeah. 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 That's cool. how I met him. Yeah. What so, year was it that he That was went, 2005. And then he went to Nigeria? He went to Nigeria. That was uh, 2018, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Emmanuel, how was that for you when Joe visited? Yeah, that experience was, uh, should I say, awesome. Yeah, awesome. Because I had so many things like fixing drums and um some of that directives yeah was awesome yeah 
Did Mestri Fred also visit? He hasn't been yet. Ah, uh, okay. I say yet. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to Mystery Fred. Yeah. Hi, Mystery Fred. Hello, Fred. <laughs> um, I want to go back a little bit and just maybe if you could just talk about your group. Uh, I like that it's called a Samba community. Um, can you just talk about the group? Um, uh, the group... I, I well, I like to see it as a community, not not really as a group. Right. And uh, for me, we kind of had to adopt the name community because uh, you know Samba School is known as Escola de Samba mm-hmm. in uh, in Brazil because of how Carnival is uh, structured in in uh, in Brazil. Now, calling it school. When we when we we we, we called this school when we got to Lagos, but that didn't work because people were expecting it to be a proper school. You know, mm. we're so we're so straight faced. You know, we're so straight laced. <laughs> you know, so if you if you're saying it's a school, then it's a school. We couldn't even register it as a as a community project. You know, as a charity oh. because uh, it had the word school in it. Oh, know? interesting. Yeah, exactly. So we hmm. kind of ran into problems. So it's like. We had to change it to community, and 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 uh, community is something that we kind of wanted to build because, of course, even yeah. if you're looking at it from a Brazilian uh, context, we don't really have a carnival culture yet to be mm-hmm. able to have a proper escolaji samba or samba school, you know. And so, what we could have in in our own context is more of a community, you know. So, and and since we are the for, you know, there is no other. Samba establishment when you know we're not gonna uh, have a school and compete against a school that doesn't exist if you know what I mean. Sure. So we're basically we have no choice but to just you know yeah. have a community and that you know I think uh, samba community is uh, is basically what it is. Uh, uh, yeah. There there aren't any other groups in Nigeria in Lagos not samba. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> Not yet. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Emmanuel, can. Oops, I'm sorry. No, no, carry on. Emmanuel, can you uh, talk about how this community has affected you? Um. Yeah. Positively, does me positively? Let me say, somebody's opportunity, and. Um, opportunity, the life-changing experience for me, because uh, basically what I do is music now currently, mm. and um, I can't really see anything that I do if it's not music. Yeah, so for me, samba is an opportunity, life-changing experience, and uh, so us here, it has helped us a lot, raising kids from the streets, giving them a, a platform to explore, mm. and stuff like that, yeah an opportunity yeah for anybody to grab mm-hmm. Great, thank you how many how many players are in your community i can't really pick numbers right now but i think we should be above 50 yeah oh, oh wow. wow that's great wow basically uh i i uh, we've over the years we've been 
at least uh, like 100 or 150 kids have passed through the projects. So there's a lot of movement, you know. Mm. So uh, we, yeah. we we have we have this uh, problem of kids are there when they have a when they still still have their spare time of being a kid, but then of course because it's a low income area, uh, it gets to the point where you have to start uh, earning money. Yeah. So so kids don't even they don't really have time for leisure as much. So as soon as they're old enough to start being responsible in the home or or you know, so you know, the, they they kind of have to move on, you know. Mm. So so there's a lot of uh, moving. So we could we could call people who and who, who who started in the beginning today. Say for example, we have a gig and we need sixty people or fifty people. We could we could go back to people who we know that are just available part time and you know they're not going to be there for yourselves every week because right. they can't more. But then if you kind of say you want a core group of people who can be there like every week, then, you know, it could be say between 20 and, and 50. Mm -hmm. So you have a lot of new people coming through and a lot new, of people. Exactly. Yeah. So it's new people. Yeah. Different faces every other time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, I know the kids come to you, but do you also go to the schools to teach? yeah come again so the kids come to you to the community to play but do you also uh, maybe go to uh, schools and demonstrate um, samba as well no not not really not really. Mm. we have space where we are so while playing they just come in and you know it's free so allow anybody to come in mm. yeah. yeah i see yeah, so it's like it's like how Emmanuel, you know, it's still the same story as Emmanuel's story. It's really organic, you know. So it's like, you know, it's there. If you're interested, you're welcome. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I mean, Emmanuel wasn't welcome, but I, I guess he, he basically <laughs> made, <laughs> <laughs> he, he made a part for everyone else. <laughs> and here we are, eleven years later. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> And how often do you rehearse with the group, with the community? <laughs> once a week, once a week, just mm -hmm. for now. Initially, we used to do three times a week. Then we have to move it to twice and now once. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have a question for you. Um, in Here in the United States, it's really difficult to find a place to rehearse because that's so loud all the neighbors are like you're too loud you need to be quiet is that a problem where you're at it seems like when i've been to brazil you know there's these samba schools with like 300 people playing and it's open on the top and it's like i mean it's they're super loud you can hear <laughs> when you're driving over like i was with a friend of mine we were driving down the highway and we went over where estacio is their samba school and you could hear it in the car <laughs> from the freeway above i mean is that a problem there do neighbors complain yeah yeah it's a little problem or they don't have option they just have to accept oh he cut out yeah, well, that sounds really bullish, you know, saying that they just have to ask it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess that's why he cut out. Um, I, um, the culture is, is quite different, you know, to, to uh, basically answer that question from a different perspective. 
the the culture is quite uh, different. They do they do complain, but you know once you get one or two or three or four people who who get what we're trying to do and they think it's okay, then they basically face the other people on our behalf. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I I think it's 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 very similar to Brazil in the sense that in in Brazil it's it, it is their culture, right. Okay they're kind of used to it so they don't so it's not that people have pro, uh, problems with with noise it's more that what's what what's this noise yeah you know not yeah. this noise not this particular noise right do you understand so yes um once you could get someone to make them understand what, what this noise is and they start to get uh used to it it's not a problem anymore so initially, it always used to kind of be like a problem of people saying, oh, you're disturbing us and blah, blah. But once they started seeing the kids on TV and stuff mm. like that, and, you know, their, their kids started to join and, you know, they all this, you know, they, once parents started to yeah. know what it was about, then, right. you know, if we could just persevere in a place, every time we go to a new place, I mean, there's like problems for like one or two weeks and then all of a sudden everything balances out and, mm. yeah. So it's not as if they don't have a choice. It's like they are basically willing to to uh, compromise. If like you know. win them over, kind of get them <laughs> exactly. on yeah, your yeah, side. Yeah. Go ahead, Emmanuel. Hello? Yes. Uh, there you are. Okay. Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Yes. The the network is kind of bad, so I can't really get away saying that clear, but mm. no problem. Yeah, but what you were saying something before? No, no, not at all. Okay. Yeah, here it's um, you know, somebody will be using a, a lawnmower or a leaf blower, and you know, and that's fine, but Samba, <laughs> no. <laughs> but, but you can't you can't really compare Samba to a lawnmower or, or leaf. Yeah. <laughs> Samba is a lawnmower than anything. Yeah, else. well, that's yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, you're right. This, this is why this is why we need it. You know, for me, uh, when I look at it from context of uh, of percussion, uh, the reason why it's uh, it's it's like. Uh, going through the world like wild like a wildfire is basically because it's percussion for the city you know it's uh it's mm. it's uh it's drumming energy it's vibrational energy for the city uh and mm. uh, if you're in a city and you have you have to compete with a lot of noise you can't be using a uh, our traditional drums that we've been using in terms of hide skins and and you know and wooden wooden shells mm -hmm. and hand, hand drumming and stuff like that if you really you you do that when you're in a like in a in an organic environment if you know what i mean but if you're having to compete with traffic and all sorts of different kinds of mm. things that you get from the city mm -hmm. yeah you know you need oh, man I haven't thought about it that way. Yeah, right. And that's why it, it plays. It plays the same. Uh, the same part. You know, it's like, it's like uh, say we we say you gather in your room with with a group of friends and you're playing hand drums like you know a tabaki or stuff like that, mm -hmm. and you're playing samba jihada or you know, 
if you're in a place where there, there is no there's no noise you know you don't even need amplification or anything like that right you always sit down and you get your healing or whatever you know you do your round your round you sit around in a circle and you do your thing and it's spiritual is that you know and uh, I feel like somebody where we have it today is, is like the city version of that. You can do it outside, mm-hmm. doesn't need plugging in or anything like that, but it, it still plays the same function. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. I haven't thought about it that way. Yeah. We can go really deep if you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the 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 metal drums, plastic heads, super loud, competes yeah. with the city sounds, right? It's a it's a percussion style for this yeah interesting mm-hmm. hmm. well this could, is what i think yeah. yeah could you talk a little bit about how samba was received in lagos and and how it it's considered now um the, the uh, Emmanuel is is he there because he's is uh, a Lagosian who received samba maybe he may be able to yeah, I'm here. So receiving Samba in Lagos, I can't say for everybody, but I can say for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what should I say now? It's welcoming. Like I said before, it's an opportunity. So for me, I embrace it. And I, I feel that go, goes the same for everybody. So that's what I have to say for that. And um, yeah, that's it. Well, I would I would like to say um, taking Samba to Africa, where there's there's over already loads of drumming. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I guess I guess uh, it's very different from the rest of the world, especially in the West. You know, in the West, people embrace drumming because it's something exotic to them. But in Africa, it's like, why do we need another? a new genre of drumming. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so I, and, and uh, again, the, the, the answer is, is, is probably no, but now we're moving from our organic African uh, situations into, into Western cities, you know, mm-hmm. mm. the city. Uh, and so in that case, yes, you know, so, but people don't always know this, you know. People are not walking around thinking, "Oh, we live in a city, we need a different kind of drumming." Right. Sure. You mm-hmm. understand? So, uh, so initially for them, for me, you know, when I try to observe audiences when we play, they don't, they don't really, they don't dance immediately, you know. Mm-hmm. Compared to the West, you know, if you're engaging new audiences here, you know, once you have a drum, they're like, "Come on." <laughs> hit that drum play for me they're ready to dance you know they have to drink you know they're ready Whereas in, in uh in 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 lagos it's more like what's this you know and then it, it, it takes a while for them to you know in the beginning it's like it's like a shock to the, to the system hmm. for them because you're playing with the battery in front of a crowd they're, they're watching you but they're just standing still and hmm. watching you know and then you kind of probably have to remind them at the end to, you can clap. You know, so initially, <laughs> initially it was like that. And then, you know, they kind of get, you know, they really, you know, when they get into it, they get into it. You know, it's like at some point we, we kind of lost our real space and we kind of, you know, we had to play outside, you know, mm-hmm. and we would have to play outside on the streets and, 
initially people would complain, but later they kind of, uh, it, it turns into the routine of their week. Say we, if mm. it hasn't been Friday, you know, people are sitting around waiting for us. Mm. That's cool. And then they get their friends around. They may not be dancing, but they will sit down there and be chatting. And yeah. Music, you know, and you would think that oh these guys are not really enjoying this this thing but if you don't rehearse then you don't turn up they ask you <laughs> it's like you didn't huh. come you know or we were you know what happened to you guys and blah, blah, you know so for them it's like drumming is not something that is uh that is new to them you understand but at the same time they they are you know in the end, you know, after a while, they are willing to basically incorporate it into their lives, you know. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, uh, they accept us, but, you know, cautiously, if you know what I mean. But then once once they see that, oh, this is also a, a platform for kids to go and perform and it makes the kids happy and it takes the kids off the streets, you know, they're very happy. You know? they're very mm -hmm. happy. That's great. Yeah. Diana, did you have something? Um... Let's see. I just wanted to know how your group runs as far. Do you have like section leaders? Do you have assistants, Emmanuel, since you're doing the directing, right? Right now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, currently I'm the current director right now. Do you have folks that help you out? That like yeah, say? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have some. It's a lot of work for one person to direct a group. So it's nice to have section leaders or anything like that. You have folks who have stepped up right, like so that. Basically, basically, yeah, I do the thing. My, I just do everything on my own right now because um, people know that much are available right now due to their personal busy things and stuff like that. So all we do is we have weekends, like Sundays, evenings like this then all I do is just go before time, fix the drums and get the drums ready for the rehearsals. Mm. And when they come, just rehearse a direct and do all that stuff. But when we have gigs, I have to appoint some self people to help me do the other admin things and stuff like that. So yeah. I, uh, to elaborate on what he's saying, we used to, in the past, before the... Uh, uh, the Rona, as they call it, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we uh, have uh, staff. So basically, Emmanuel is what was one of our uh, first staff. Actually, I think he is like second or third uh, person we employed. And as at that time, it was like a charity because we had people that we were working with, and you know, it was a proper uh, charity organization and all of that. But everything kind of went down. Uh, mm after or during the uh, uh, the pandemic and we kind of lost people to, you know, so people kind of went, went their own way. Because in the end, I think before before that we had like six and we had six staff and those six were recruited from, from the project itself. So there mm -hmm. were like kids that, that came off the street into the project like Emmanuel, mm -hmm. you know, so we managed to kind of, uh, 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 build up a team of people who we were paying. So it was okay to be able to delegate stuff. You know, we had project coordinator, 
we had there. I was the musical director, but uh, Emmanuel and the other guy, his other colleague was like assistant musical directors. And then we had, uh, we had they had a helper who, who helps with fixing drums. And, you know, we were even getting bigger and bigger, but then I guess the charity side of the uh, thing kind of, uh, should I say went on old or should I say just kind of, I don't know. I don't know what, what to use now, but basically the way to, this new format that we have is a new thing and it's just, it's strictly professional. So mm. now I'm, I'm not there. I'm like an ambassador, you know, and, and uh, Emmanuel is now the musical director, but that's the only official roles because everyone else is, is, is not around now or is gone. Uh, and, and there's no funding because we used to get funding, you know, so mm. we used to have funding. We used to be able to, to, um, just uh, give free service, you know. We we didn't we didn't charge anyone anything for you know any, for anything, and we still were able to pay people when when we did gigs, mm. you know. So it was a good thing to kind of it was a proper charity uh, organization, and uh, I I think what we're doing now is that since we couldn't keep up with that because of lack of funding, we kind of turning into something like a professional thing. Hmm. So Emmanuel would run uh, 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 rehearsals. So the rehearsals are basic. They're not teaching new people now. So they're just rehearsing with, with people who already know how to play because we have a big pool of people to choose from, say between 50, you know, we have at least 50, like Emmanuel said. So we have a big pool of people wow. to choose from. We could just run a rehearsal. We know that uh, about twenty or fifteen people will turn up, but if we need more, we can we can call them. And so now it's strictly professional. They rehearse once a week. Uh, they get a gig. It's paid, and you know stuff like that. So it's like a metamorphosis. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the charity side is gonna come back up. You know, but we're not. Uh, we're just trying to do the best we can with what we have, basically. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of groups around the world had to stop, right? Or, mm-hmm. During the pandemic and their yeah. numbers, everything is dropped. But yeah. I feel like people, I don't know if this is your experience, but people are excited to get out and do something because you can do it outdoors and it's relatively safe as far as the yeah. pandemic goes. Like there, a lot of people are like excited to come back we've started classes here and there's a lot of people that are interested because i think it's because the pandemic is over they were stuck inside for a couple of years and yeah exactly and uh this is why now now that i'm in london i'm trying to get like a neutral uh i'm I'm kind of collaborating with joe hansen to get like a neutral thing together because people have been stuck home stuck at home and when i go here it's like okay so People want to play. People who don't, who don't necessarily want to go to the samba schools or be or you know or engage with samba in a partisan environment, you know. Because if you're playing for the long school of samba, then then there's parties. So then you know, if you don't mm. want to involve yourself in stuff like that, it's mm. another platform where anyone can come, like a neutral. Ground. Ah, interesting. So, so uh, when I came here, I kind of felt like it's, it, the time is right for, for stuff like that because people have been stuck at home. People need the samba. You yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, need, you need stuff like this you, uh, to connect with people, to, to drum, to get that energy, that vibration from it, you know. And having, having spent so much time 
in the house, you know, scaring, staring at screens for so long. <laughs> yes. People are so up for it. Now people appreciate it more than, you know, yeah. it's like, it's like, right. it's like when, you, when you, when you lose something that you, you've got, that's when you really appreciate it more. And so yeah. people appreciate it more now. And it's like getting a new lease of life because at some point I used to say to people that there was, everyone would say to you that at some point in the pandemic, we thought this was going to be, we could die. We could all die. So we or, or or we could all just be in the house for we didn't know what was going to happen at the at the other end of the pandemic you know no one was sure so when you when you find yourself in a situation where where things are relaxed again it's almost like getting a new lease of life and you kind of want yeah. to you want to appreciate the things that you you were probably taking for granted before you mm-hmm. know and I think samba is one of those those things and I think uh, it's a very um, it's a very in- interesting time for 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 stuff like this now globally so yeah in lagos it's not really it's not exactly like that because uh, the pandemic wasn't so strong i mean people could still go out and do stuff but in terms of organizational uh structures it really affected stuff a lot you know mm-hmm. because, uh, for example samba Samba in Africa or Samba in Lagos or in Nigeria can be can be really good musically, but it couldn't stand on itself for now. When it still needs that connection with the rest of the world, mm-hmm. and the pandemic basically cut off that connection. The connection had to be online. Oh, I see. Do, do you know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. like we kind of need to get that momentum back again. So. Like I said at uh, the beginning of the program, it's like we're isolated where we are because there is no summer school anywhere else close to us, you know, that, that is accessible to us. So there is no sharing of information or energies with anyone except mm-hmm. uh, except online, if you know what I mean. So if, if somebody in, in the UK or in Brazil is not working, even if we have the opportunity to play somebody in Lagos, it's not going to really happen, hmm. you know. Are there, are there other groups in other countries, or where is the nearest group to you in Africa? Like, group uh, groups, I wouldn't. I think there is a there's a there's something called Samba Ghana Samba or Samba Ghana. Hmm. Uh, but they, 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 that's a long ways away. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not too far for us. It's quite close. It's exciting. You don't know, you don't know how exciting it is to just know that there's something in Ghana. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, it's really exciting. We've been here since and and an eleven, and it's just been like, you know, I think the closest thing that that there is to us is in Madagascar or Cap- oh, uh, Cap Verde and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it's like oh yeah, it's exciting. So now now we. <laughs> or, maybe, or maybe Sierra Leone, but Ghana is so close to us. Uh, in you know, relatively, if you know. Relatively, I mean. yeah. <laughs> so basically, uh, the thing in Ghana is more like, I think is a a group of dancers. They're dancers actually. Mm, mm. And so I think it's just a, a dancer, a pasisa who has come back to Ghana, and she's uh, basically teaching people. And I think uh, there's another one in. Uh, in South Africa, hmm. uh, I think that's called Samba Josie on Instagram. Uh, it's Samba Ghana as well. Hmm. I think, boys, it's, it's the same thing. It's Samba Josie is a, uh, it's a, a, 
uh, a friend of mine I used to work with in London and she's just come back to South Africa. She's a dancer. And so what they do is they use uh, re uh, recordings to kind of do their samba shows, you know, and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Uh, so that's what we have. That's, that's, that's basically the closest things that we have. Mm. You know, I mean, our, our organizations and structures are quite different, but uh, it's still samba, you know, so right. we're, we're still excited. It's better than nothing. <laughs> Can you speak to like discovering this music and playing this music as someone who is your Yuban? That's fascinating to me. Wow. Yeah, so basically, how deep do you want to go? Because uh, <laughs> as deep as you want yes. to, we are here to listen. Yeah, as a as a Yoruban person, it's it's it's. I always say to people that it's like a gateway into my own culture, mm -hmm. if you know what I mean. So it's like, and um, I, I I had to relearn my culture from a some samba point of samba showed me myself if you know mm. i mean samba showed me my culture because or what you need to understand is that samba itself has been a um how do you say an artistic expression that has been used as a as a, as a means of preserving a culture by people who feel like they're going to lose their culture if they do not mm. preserve it mm. do you understand as opposed to someone like me who is ready to just uh, uh, forfeit that culture in the name of development or, or education or, you know, or civilization, if you know what I mean. It's like uh, as, a, as, a, as a normal African person, what you want to do is go to school, learn English, become more Western. Be becoming more Western is becoming more developed, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're coming from a, a South American point of view, as an Afro-Brazilian point of view, it's more about, I need to keep this. I need, you know, I, I, I need to preserve this thing because I'm going to lose it. You, all, you already feel like you are, you need your identity. You kind of mm -hmm. feel like you are uh, in a very hostile environment in which your identity is what you can hold on to, to be able to basically find a, a route, you know, to, to have a base, you know, it's the only thing you have. And this, and Samba does that for Brazilians, you know, but for us Africans, we, we never felt like we needed to hold on to our culture for any reason, you know, we, all we want to do is uh, get into the global village, if you know what I mean, you know, to be developed, to be educated, to be more Western. It, to be more Western is seen as being more developed, if you know what I mean. It's, it's yeah. still relative, you know. So, uh, as as a as a Yoruba person, I grew up in 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 that culture of uh, Western is you know being Westernized is being developed. You understand? Mm -hmm. So, samba actually took me back. To actually look at my culture from a Western point of view and appreciate it from a Western point of view, which do you do you, do you know what I mean? Yes. So it's like, yeah. So now I can see it. You know, I can I I can actually see it as who I am because of course I may not uh, uh, be able to appreciate it as an African, but when I look at it from a, a Brazilian's point of view, 
it's like, wow, this is amazing. And this is me. This is connected to me. This is like mm-hmm. seeing yourself, you know, from some from someone else's perspective. Without, mm. you know, it's just like rediscovering yourself. And uh, when I took summer back to Africa, this is why I really wanted to to do. This is why I really wanted to do with the project with with for the kids because I felt like you don't even know yourself, you mm. know. And and this is a platform for you to realize what you are stop chasing something that is not yours and celebrate what you have yeah and uh, so for me that is what samba has done for me but uh, if i if i was going to go even even deeper it would be more like um, samba is a journey a journey of of uh, unity you know it's like it's you can see samba today as as something that is uh heavily steeped in Africa, African culture, but at the same time, without, without the mixture of the uh, Western movements and, and indigenous uh, cultures in, in Brazil, you do not have samba. So samba has gone round from this thing that, that left Africa, moved, you know, it, it was helped by Europeans, taken to the new world, and, you know, it found itself and realized itself in the new world, and now the rest of the world are, are, are you know, borrowing from it, taking mm-hmm. from it, you know. And now it's it's made a full circle and come back to Africa. Do you know what I mean? I, for me, it's a it's a human thing to celebrate. It it should be a celebration. You know, I was talking to someone and I was saying it has been used as a as a form of a, a political empowerment. Is that it has been used as a form of a, a expression? You know has given a voice to people who feel like they're voiceless. It has been used as a cultural preservation and all of that. But when it comes back and it makes that full circle to Africa, it's it's got nothing to do with any of those things anymore. It's a celebration of of having gone around the world. Mm. And and we all have a, you know, now it's our thing. When I say our thing, I'm saying me as an African, you as as an American, uh, uh, the guys here in Europe, uh, the Japanese guys who do it in, in Japan, it's all our thing now. It, we, we all have, a, you know, it's gone around the world and we've all contributed and taken from it, you know, and now we can all just celebrate that this thing has gone around and it can be a force of unity and celebration for, for all of us, you know. And yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> you know, beautiful. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know, lovely. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, you're gonna make me cry. Okay, <laughs> I kind of was like at that point too. Um, how do you feel about being a very key player in bringing Samba back, like back to to the Yoruban people? I mean, you're a key player in this in this full circle. You're a really important piece of that full circle. I, I understand that. It, it humbles me a lot, you know. It humbles me a lot. I don't see it as an obligation, you know. I used to. Yeah. I used to oh. see it as a, as a purpose, a mission that I needed to uh, pursue. But mm-hmm. uh, now I don't see it as that anymore. I feel like the connection has already been made and it is not left to, to Africans to actually... Uh, uh, develop or celebrate or implement samba in africa it is it is our thing like i said and it it is uh it's going to bring joy and completion 
to all of us, you know, because mm. uh, uh, to to have samba in Africa, it's not just Africans anymore. Mm-hmm. It's all of us, you know. It's going to bring joy to all our hearts to know because there's a lot of heaviness. So when I went to Brazil in 20, 2013, I went for the first time. I've already started Eco Samba then, mm-hmm. and then I went to Brazil. It was it was such a spiritual um, encounter for me. And then I met someone who was from Denmark, you know, uh, and he he'd been in Brazil doing a doing a I think a PhD or master's in in uh, indigenous uh, religions or something like that, you know, something. And he was basically studying candomblé. And we met at a at a shrine at the Tahero, and he was telling me that, listen, man, you can't just take uh, samba back to to Africa, you know, considering all the trauma and everything that it, it went through before it became the samba that we know today. And you're just gonna take it back to Africa without any kind of permission or anything by the, you know, from the people who suffered to, to make it happen. And I realized that that was true. And so basically I realized that this as a, there's a lot of heaviness around, around the history, around you know how it came to be around slavery and all of these things and i feel that 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 heaviness is still playing a part in the way that we approach music today you know because people talk about cultural appropriation and all that kind of stuff which we really really shouldn't be talking about if there was no trauma do mm. you know and um, i feel like coming back making a full circle back to Africa is a, is a way of actually shedding all that trauma, mm. mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, okay, it has gone full circle. It's been through its traumas and now it is healed and it is back. But it is not just back as a black music or this, it's, it's back as human expression, you know? So uh, mm. This is this is why I think it's really important that it's not even just my thing anymore. It's a lot bigger than me, you know. I I couldn't I couldn't claim it. Of course, I'm I'm one piece in that puzzle. But everybody that taught me as well, my samba daddy Johansson, Fred, that you talked to, was the first person that I saw in London School of Samba, and I thought I want to be like that person. Hmm. Everybody, you talking to me today, we you are playing a part in that you know we don't know what this is going to turn out to be but us just talking about it is already playing a part in in that celebration that movement that journey coming to a completion and it not being a journey anymore it not being a celebration if you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so for me it's not my thing it's not just my thing it's something i'm very very happy very grateful very humble to be part of but it is not my my body. It is not a body. It is not my responsibility. It's not an obligation. It's uh, it's joy. Man. It's joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Emmanuel, how are you doing over there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love I it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Keep going.
I want to know, Shay, what did yeah. you think of a lot of the Enhedus, Samba Enhedus this year? Um, like Portela, for instance, it was, yeah. you know, a lot of the Enhedu was like Yoruban based. Um, so, and that's well, my favorite school. And I loved that Enhedu this year. <laughs> uh, I was, I was having a chat with someone about this as well. And uh uh, I, I mean, I'm not very proud to say that I don't really follow, uh, I don't follow studiously as I used to follow the uh, mm -hmm. in in Brazil anymore because I feel like, uh, you know, the music, I mean, it depends on how, you're, how you <laughs> look at it, but for me, I feel like I found the kind of samba, I found the balance that I like, and mm. always looking to Brazil, it's always looking for some something to add to it, you know. And I just don't want to, I don't want to add more, you know. I just kind of <laughs> want, you know, I, sure. <laughs> I want to celebrate what I got, you know, as opposed to trying to tweak it and change it, you know. So for that reason, I don't look, I don't look too much uh, into uh, the uh, inhaders as I used to. But having said that. Uh, someone was telling me that this year it, a lot of the themes are Orisha based, mm -hmm. and, and for me, I kind of feel like it's uh, it's the right time, you know. It's the time. It's the time for it to be that, you know. It's the time for it's it's this full circle thing, whether we like it or not. So it's not me doing it. It's not me taking Samba back to Africa. Samba itself is 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 its own thing, and it's so it's just doing its own thing. And, <laughs> Uh, exactly. <laughs> oh, I like that. It's just doing its thing. Yeah, you know, it's like it's like a reflection of our <laughs> of our collective uh, uh, subconscious, if you know what I mean. And it's coming back to Africa. It's uh, so for me, Orishas. Uh, 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 if you're if you're having a lot of Orishas being represented in 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 the in Edos today after the uh, after after three years break. For me, it just it just kind of looks like, you know, okay, so it's it's back. It's the energy is already coming back. It's like, and uh, that's why I think. So I think the old Yoruban thing uh, is an is an indication of that. You know, I think it's an indication of the fact that Samba itself is 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 uh, is making a full circle, and and everyone's happy with that. You know. Uh, and you know everyone accepting of that, everyone is feeling that, you know, and everyone is being part of that, you know. Uh, well, that's what I think it is. But again, the, the one thing that I want to say is, I saw that uh, Estacio de Sa, mm -hmm. uh, a song that they've done before. It's like a repeat, if I'm not wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, and I really like that. I really liked. Uh, I really, I can't remember what song it was that they. Why not? That is a song that we used to play, and I really liked it. Um, yeah, nice. I, I feel like I should know that, but I don't. <laughs> I don't know if it's one they did before or not. Yeah. It's, like, it's like this song that has this. Uh, uh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. No. I'm, yeah. I'm getting geeky now. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. But I really like. For me, I like the Tijuka 2004 song, which talks about Agudas. It's a song that really connects uh, connects to what we're trying, what we're doing in Lagos, you know, because uh, it talks about the Agudas and there is a, uh, uh, what's it called? A community, a Brazilian returnee community mm. 
in Lagos that are known as the Agudas, you know. Hmm. So I didn't know I didn't know anything about them, and I grew up in Lagos, and and I went to London and I did this in Hedo, and it was talking about return, you know, we have returned back to uh, Africa, blah blah, and not it, it wasn't until I started Echo Samba that I discovered that the that these guys actually exist, and we were able to make a connection with them. Hmm. And, and, uh, yeah, and they and they have they they have carnival every year, uh, and yeah, you know. So for me, it's like that song was actually a connection to to the experience mm. for us, you know. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, the inhalers are like the the magic man. They're very important. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> they could yeah. Emmanuel, do you have anything you'd like to share about, I think you said you were your Yuban also, do you have anything like how you feel about being your Yuban and playing this music? Uh, yeah, so not really, but uh, playing the music for me is like, a, it's a feeling. I, I don't think or feel like I need to listen to someone or do a copyright of something. Something like I feel it from inside. I play the way I want. I direct the way I want it to look like I do my own kind of thing. So basically, mm-hmm. I don't have this particular song I'm listening to or this kind of artist I'm following or something. No, I, I play the way I feel. So I really don't know how to go about that saying this is what I like about this, this is what I like about this, no. The thing is, I just feel this music and I play it. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's another difference with how, how um, Africans... Uh, is that? Sex samba. I said, I think that's another thing about how um, Africans accept samba, you know, so, so for them it's not, they don't study, they just take it, you know, they just mm-hmm. feel it. It's not new. It's not something that they, you know, it doesn't come. Into yeah, it them. doesn't sound new. It's just something it's, you feel yeah, from inside. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So they, 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 they don't really approach it intellectually. It's just more energetically, you know. Interesting. It doesn't seem new. Yeah. No. It doesn't seem. So yeah. It's just the thing. I just feel it and I play it. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. What were you thinking when you were a kid and you were watching um, Shay play and you were hanging on the fence and you were watching these people play and you knew you could do it? What what was going through your head before you jumped over the fence? The only thing going through my head then was, let me just get down here and play this drum. Show this guy that I can play this drum. That's all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not to me. That probably took some courage though, right? To... There's all these adults in there and you're a kid and you're just like, okay, here I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He could see we were struggling. He <laughs> could see we were struggling. <laughs> no, not at all. Of course we were struggling. We were struggling. <laughs> I, I didn't know we were yeah yeah from from my memory we were struggling i was having i was having a very hard time and and yeah 
he just came to make make it easy, man. It's like, why do you have to do it the hard way? <laughs> <laughs> Emmanuel, do, with the kids today, do you find that they come in there and are kind of the same way? They just uh, hop on a drum and can learn pretty quickly? No, 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 like that <laughs> anymore. Yeah. Now we have to do a little Riaza like training, some like workshop, yeah. Mm. So I have to do a few workshop after like uh let's say two or three and they'll catch up. Hmm. How young are your yeah. players? How young is the youngest? The youngest, I think the youngest should be currently the youngest should be 15. Mm. Yeah. In that video of um there's a, some videos of you guys and uh, some kids playing tambourim that look really little and they're just chicka, 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 chicka. they got the kahitero down and they're just really going That's for it. That's a good video. That's a good video. That video should be 2018, 2017, about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Before the pandemic, yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. We oh, lost Saeed. Yeah. Or Shay. We lost Shay. Don't worry, we'll come back. I guess it's the next mm -hmm. one. God, yeah, God. Oh, do you say God did it? <laughs> yeah, God did it. God did it again. He did it before he did it again. Can you tell us about some of the gigs that you play now? Um, like, what kind of events are they? Okay, so basically, um, the recent one we had was um, was this um, Brazilian descendant. They were having their Easter event, so they had to call us. For the gig and that's mm -hmm. the only one we've had since the pandemic i think that's the second one since the pandemic yeah mm -hmm. yeah you so can check it on youtube i think it's um mm. aguda fiesta or something like that yeah aguda Esta fiesta or something like that yeah so if there's not really a culture of carnival are there is there an event there that that you guys do yeah. like a like a big parade or something you normally do every year yeah, yeah. So these same people that called us for the Easter thing, they, they usually do this um something they call fancy carnival. They do it Easter hmm. period, Christmas period. So but oh Christmas pandemic, yeah. But I think um they've not been able to yeah, they, they are not financially going at this period, so I feel that's what happened. But apart from that one, we've been to Lagos Carnival, that's the uh, 2015 or so. Then um, Calabar Carnival, yeah. Those mm -hmm. ones are like the bigger gigs, yeah. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Do you have any um, like goals for this coming year? Any projects that you're trying to accomplish? Or is it mostly like after the pandemic, just try to maintain? Yeah. Uh, Basically, what I'm trying to do whilst the areas in this year was uh, I was just trying to get everybody back to the rehearsal house, mm -hmm. then stable them a little bit, then we look mm -hmm. forward to being more professional other than community or charity. You understand what I say? Mm -hmm. So being more professional. So every gigs has to be paid gigs. Mm -hmm. It will get to a point where offer free workshops like we used to do mm. and stuff like that yeah so for now i'm just trying to get everybody stable back right that's got to be hard if if you've constantly got people who have to kids who have to then stop 
for work. That's hard. Yeah, yeah. You know, the thing is, um, we have we have like I said before, we have over fifty people before, so trying to get them back. Mm-hmm. All I have to do is just call them. Are you available? Are you available this time? Let's schedule a time for rehearsal and stuff like that. So I had to create a WhatsApp group chat where mm-hmm. I did like 30 people. So I'll just post the time for the rehearsals. If anybody's available, you let me know or you give me a notification, then I'll create time for the rehearsal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've been doing that for like the past three months now. So it's just a Sunday thing, like Sunday evening. So come for Riazza, two hours Riazza, then we're done. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think you you skipped your rehearsal today to talk to us, I think. Is that right? Yes, yes, Aww. yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank All you right. for doing that. And tell your people thank you for your... <laughs> All right, no problem. Your, please. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, so, so Emmanuel, organizing this music is... It's a lot of work, right? What, what yes. keeps, yeah, what keeps you inspired to to keep going and keep keep doing it? Okay, just one word. There's nobody. It's only me, so I just have to do it. Somebody has to do it. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about how about you, Shade? Do um, it's a lot of work, right? What keeps you inspired to keep going? You're muted, by the way. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, I can't even say, you know, I, uh, in the beginning, I mean, it's also different for me now, you know, but I, I guess at some point I was like Emmanuel where it was just me. I, you know, when we started, there was a point where I, I was the one washing the costumes, right? <laughs> ironing them, fixing the drums because no one else was, no one else could even do it. You know, it was just me. You know, like it's a hard to, but they really motivated because I, I really loved what I was doing. Samba is a force that basically just chose me. It's not something I felt I chose. I chose because mm-hmm. I, I didn't. I was really reluctant every step of the way until. Until I couldn't go, back, you know, <laughs> and uh, so I can't really say what it's, it's, this motivation just comes from inside, you know, and it's a, it's a force. It's like a thing that is just so strong, and, and you know, and I love the music. I love the music. I love the music. But yeah. I love music in general. So I, it's not something I can explain, you know, like. With that one, I can't explain it. It's just self self motivation, and I think it's the same with Emmanuel. He probably can't uh, really explain, uh, so he's 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 just gonna say stuff like, um, "It's just me," you know. Even if it's just you, there's nothing. There's nothing saying that you have to do it. So at the end of the day, you doing it means that there's something that's baiting you to do it. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. uh, so for me. I can't really say this is before I used to see it as a, as a purpose. I have to do this. I'm taking this back to Africa. So I'm like, but I don't even I look at it like that. I feel like I, you know, but you know, it's uh, I mean, it's a good thing to do, isn't it? It's a, it's a, it's, a, it's an important thing. It's a lovely to do. I mean, 
what else? <laughs> what else did they do? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I just don't know. It's not. It's not something that I can explain. I. I don't mm -hmm. think I can really explain it. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. I can't do it justice. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 Emmanuel, what has been your happiest moment uh, playing this music? Hmm. My FTX moment, I, I can't really say because um, whenever I'm playing, I'm always happy. So I can't really say this particular time is my FTX moment. You get that? Mm -hmm. Is there one? Is there a couple of moments that were really good? <laughs> yeah, or me or memorable. Yeah, just or something. Sometimes people okay. get strange, uh, get strange things happen. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I'm not sure. I can't pick it. I can't pick for anyone. I, I'm not sure. Cause it's been good all the way. I, I can't, I can't mm. pick anyone. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's all been amazing. Huh? It's all been amazing, hasn't it? Yes. 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 <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I know what you mean. How about you, Shay? Anything stand out? In in general, like yeah, uh, like a happy moment, like something particularly where you know. Well, like Mano, like, it's always happy, man. Even even if there's five of us playing in a in the back streets of my, it's always we always leave. I remember we used to have these days where. We're just like at the corner of the street, and a lot of people didn't turn up. And there's just like five or six of us, and we would just play. We would just play, no breaks or any kind of arrangements. We would just play and play for like one hour or so. Mm. And on the way home, we just be like buzzing and singing to each other. That was amazing. That was good. Oh my God, that feels so nice. <laughs> and, and uh, you know that's just like playing on the street corner uh, five or six people and compared to the time where we were like on stage and you know being shown on tv across countries in africa you know it's all it's all it, it's all amazing you know you I like like Imano, you couldn't really choose one but i guess uh for me once we were we we played in the uh, African Drums Festival or uh, in Nigeria, mm -hmm. and uh, we were taken to the palace of the uh, Oba of like the uh, the king of that mm -hmm. of that uh, particular area, and it's like a very um, important traditional you know figure if you know what I mean in in, in Yoruba land basically. And so being able to play in this palace was really, was really special. And normally I, I think uh, the kings are not allowed to dance or something in the palace or something, but this guy got up and, you know, <laughs> he really gave us a, you know, he, we were very well received and he was really happy. I guess that was, that would be my, my moment playing with a, with a Kosamba, you know? Yeah, cool. Is there anything for both of you is there anything that you would like to share with our audience that we did not ask you about? Anything you want to talk about or anything you'd like to share? 
Not that I can think of. Any shout outs? Shout out to everyone, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to Maestro Jonas, who's like the, uh, you know, jo Johansson is, is my samba daddy. Uh, I guess I guess that will make Fred my samba uncle. Uh, we, <laughs> we we share the same birthday. Uh, oh, oh really? Know. Nice. Yeah, he was like my first uh, samba mentor, basically. You know, he was the guy that I wanted to. So shout out to Fred. Shout out to Johansson. Shout out to Mestre Jonas because you know he was he's like my granddaddy <laughs> when it comes to you know. So he's like. Uh, in, remember when I said I went to Brazil and uh, I had to, someone said to, to me that you had to get permission for taking this back to, to Africa. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was Jonas that I, went to, that I went in search of. And I just surprised him because I never told him I was coming. I just turned up in the middle of this, you know, I'm not going to say favela, but, you know, it was like very deep in, in Rio de Janeiro where tourists wouldn't just go to, you know, and he was so surprised to see me and Alpha had come to look for him. And yeah, I, know, uh, I, I would like to shout out to him because I feel it's, it's very important in our journey as well. So shout out to Mr. Jonas, shout out to Johansson, shout out to Fred. And if Rob Akari in Australia is listening as well, <laughs> shout out to him. Shout out to you guys, you know, for having us, for, for make, you know, for creating this platform and, and allowing these discussions to take place. Uh, and shout out to everyone. Shout out to the old Samba community all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Emmanuel, do you have anybody you want to shout out? Yeah, I've already shout out already. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it again. Mystery. <laughs> <laughs> I saved, you, I oh, saved you some, you know. I, Emmanuel, I saved you some. Dana. Mariana, I didn't take everything. <laughs> <laughs> Mestri Jonas was important for us too. He was the first uh, Mestri of a Samba school who agreed to talk to us, right, Diana, for the podcast? I believe so, yes. Yeah, so that was He's at Brazil camp. Yeah, it's a camp that happens in, in California. And he we asked him to do it and he said yes. And we were like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah he's a very cool guy he's, mm -hmm. he's so funny yeah, yeah amazing he's so funny. yeah he's very funny yeah. and mystery i ate as well as you said mm -hmm. uh, i remember uh, doing a publication with him when i went to brazil you know as as the first samba director in africa which i'm not sure i am but you know we did all this and we, i post with him and all that so shout mm -hmm. out to him as well yeah. So oh, you yeah, seem you seem to be calling, or you seem to just call all the names that uh, you know that is, that is basically important to me in samba because mm. uh, you know you're talking about Fred, you talked about Aiton, uh, you talk about uh, John, uh, Master Jonas, and you know, so it's like it's really funny because it's like this, my same people are the people that you're coming up with as well. It's like it's really cool. Small <laughs> world. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, these guys are huge, right? They're very important, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, yeah. and around yeah. the world globally. Yeah. 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 
Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing your stories. Thank you for going deep with us. It's been an honor and a pleasure to talk yes, to you guys. Yes, we love, loved hearing yeah. these stories. And, and, and for everyone who's, who's listening, I guess uh, what I would like to say is that come and celebrate. And this goes to, to you guys as well. Uh, come and celebrate Samba with us, you know. What, what we have done is to create a platform, but that platform is going to be empty without, without mm-hmm. like you guys, you know, because like I said, it's not for, for, for just indigenous African people. It is for all of us, you know, so come and celebrate with us, come and make, make our, our space a, a more welcoming space for, for everyone to be able to celebrate this thing without drama, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I would love to visit. That would yeah. be amazing. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Yeah, come visit us too. Yes. <laughs> we will, we will, we will. <laughs> yeah. It's great yeah. to make well, this connection. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yes, thank you for having us. Thank you. I hope to meet you both of you in person mm-hmm. someday. Hopefully. I think that's going to happen yeah. soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 All right. I know you guys loved that. They're amazing. If you want to see photos of them or links to their website, videos. video, yeah, we got videos of them. Um, check them out at our website, thebrazilianbeat.com. And we'll have links to their their social media and everything you need to know to get a hold of them and talk to them. Man, what a powerful duo they are. <laughs> mm-hmm. We have a shout out today we have we heard from William Johnson Garcia on Instagram and he's from Pinehurst North Carolina and he sent a really nice message that he had mm-hmm. listened to the episode um, with Brian Potts um, and he really enjoyed that and then he said that we may have inspired him to finally start a community drum ensemble here in uh, Pinehurst where he lives so oh I hope I hope he's started that. That was just a couple weeks ago. So hopefully uh, that's uh, on its way to, uh, you know, becoming an existing band. So good luck, uh, William. And thank you so much for your message. We love hearing from people like that. And keep going. It's going to be awesome. (laughs) Yeah, do it. And now for Luciana with our Jika Dujia. So here is our Jika do Jia. So today we're going to talk about words that have uh, C and a, uh, H, like C-H, words with C-H. So the sound uh, in Portuguese for C-H is actually sh. So in, in Portuguese, uh, I mean in English, you would say, for example, cheap, right? Like C-H-E-A-P. Mm-hmm. Like would be like cheap, like so ch ch ch. It would be this sound, but in Portuguese it would be sh. Um, so, for example, if you say like chato, c h a t o, chato. So we don't say chato, we chato. say sh chato. Oh. So chato can be uh, annoying or boring. Uh, 
done so it's like chato chá uh, like I like tea like eu gosto de chá chá so the ch is like sh not ch mm-hmm. it's a she um, um, now I can can you think of other words that that have ch Chocolate. Ah, how can I forget? <laughs> Your favorite word. Yeah. My favorite word. Yeah. We have that word in class. Chocolate. <laughs> so chocolate. So it's not chocolate. It's chocolate. So that is when the word has a ch, then it has a sh, a sound like that. Just like when you're saying like sh, like silence. Hmm, like chocanchi. Chocanchi. Yes. Do they say chauffeur in? Chauffeur, mm-hmm. chauffeur também, yeah. So this was our dica do dia. Do do. <laughs> the high one too. <laughs> now that you're all fluent in Portuguese, we want to say thank you so much for listening to this podcast and to everyone who contributes to this podcast. Uh, we do it for you guys, so yeah, reach out and say hello. Send us emails, Instagram, just wherever. You can reach us. Yeah, yeah, we're out there. All right. Thanks for listening. Ciao.